Okay, so we're recording now. Yay! Hold it again. Welcome back, everybody, Hello. to the one, the only. It's the Grave Hour with the Spooky Pals. The Spooky Pals? I would like you, that. Okay, I like that. Would you quit if I renamed the podcast the Spooky Pals podcast? Oh, heck no. I'm going to stick around more. I was thinking about that. So I'm like, oh my God. That would be like, the merch would be unhinged legendary oh yeah i'll take the spooky bells i quite enjoy spooky bells the spooky bells that is yeah exactly yeah i'm game i'm game for the spooky bells by the way perfect okay we'll talk more about that later but as we were actually just discussing off camera we both really enjoyed the episode that we did last week that really Mm -hmm. just centered around ghosts predominantly because As I mentioned, I really enjoy ghosts. I enjoy conversations about ghosts. I think it's just a good topic in general to get into because it's very fluid. There's a lot of theories and a lot of opinions about it. And it's not not quite so concrete or black and white. So it's always kind of a fun, it's almost like a philosophical conversation in a way. Mm. But kind of gave me the idea because if you watch at the end of a lot of our shows or even when we're talking about certain like dangerous entities we always tell people (laughs) about the things that they really probably shouldn't do if they're faced with those situations like (laughs) maybe if you're on a haunted bridge don't you know antagonize the demon that haunts it i'm on your bridge goat man (laughs) exactly (laughs) you know exactly what i'm talking about oh i do i got you And as hilarious as that video clip is, I decided that I wanted to do kind of a whole episode that focuses primarily on ghosts and things that you should not do if you encounter a spirit or a haunted situation. But I also decided to speckle in a few other entities like um, skinwalkers, which I had to tread relatively carefully because obviously that is indigenous culture and um, Mm -hmm. specifically from the Navajo and they generally don't share that information with people outside of um, like their familial or cultural circle so Mm -hmm. I have to quickly say that all of the information that I have on that I've gathered from various sources that are basically people just talking about their experiences There is some cultural context that backs up most of them, but I really only picked the few that I felt comfortable sharing because I don't want to spread like ridiculous misinformation. Um, Mm -hmm. And having said that, I do have to quickly say that just because we're just, sorry, discussing these topics doesn't necessarily mean that everything we talk about reflects our opinions. Um, Mm -hmm. The purpose of these conversations is really just for entertainment more than anything. And unless we illicitly say that something is our opinion, please don't assume that it is. Mm -hmm. um, On top of Skinwalkers, we may even talk about Eldon Atkins' favorite, the fairies as well. Oh, I love the fae. Yes, I know that you love the fae. That's why you joined the podcast. Mm -hmm. But, so... Um, I'm going to start off um, assuming that you're dealing with regular human ghosts in most scenarios. Um, Most of them don't have ill intentions. So there's not too much that can really go wrong in a lot of these scenarios. As long as you make a conscious effort, and this is very important, to just leave spirits alone. When people have asked me in the past, like, oh, well, what should I do if I think that my house is haunted? And generally speaking, I encourage the majority of people to not even acknowledge it. 
And the reason for this is because if you kind of assign yourself to the idea that ghosts are made of energy and need energy to interact or to be present or to basically function, the best thing that you can do to anything that requires energy that you don't want to interact with is to not supply it with that energy. Meaning don't freak out, don't start calling out to ghosts, don't, I'll, I'll get into it. So that's like my biggest tip is if you really don't want to participate in a haunting, don't acknowledge it. And for the most part, regular ghosts will just kind of take the message and leave you alone. Okay, I'm going to interject there. What if, hear me out here, having a ghost is like having a roommate. So what if the yeah. ghost is like, if they're decent people, you know, they've, they've died once, they understand what it's like. If yeah. you ignore them and they go away, does that count as killing them? No, two? no, no, no. Because ghosts can still be present without being active. So mm. you can't technically kill it by ignoring it. It's just, it's like anybody. I'm going to use the example of Tinder because I feel like that's very generational and most people won't understand we're what I'm talking about. Kids. Yeah, we're hip with the kids. It's so freaking cool. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh my god never mind uh -huh. but realistically if someone is consistently sending you messages right you know they're like hey you ghost them you you ghost them and if you don't respond unless they're psychotic most people will take the hint and they'll move on ghosts are very much kind of the same if they realize that you're not really that interested in interacting with them maybe like you're scared of them or maybe you're just you know you don't want to you don't want to talk to ghosts maybe maybe that's just not your thing most ghosts were like oh all right they don't really want to talk to me well okay i'll just i'll go back over here and just haunt this desk lamp or whatever it is that your ghost does but having said that uh one of my biggest tips is going to be to not provoke spirits of any kind whether they are human animal or potentially demonic or you know just not good um, I'm not going to suggest wholly that you can't communicate with ghosts at all, even though that's kind of just what I suggested. <laughs> but like, I'll explore that a little more later. But something you definitely have to avoid is provoking ghosts. And that means like consistently pressing them to make their presence known to outright taunting and insulting them. And the reason that you need to avoid this is because you could potentially turn an otherwise what I can call a neutral haunting, where the ghost simply occupies that space. They don't have any aims to scare or bother anybody. But mm -hmm. if you start provoking them, you start just being, you know, uncool, you can potentially create a very unpleasant haunting experience because if you especially consider the fact that a lot of ghosts are people. Uh, would you particularly like it if somebody was constantly annoying you or throwing insults at you or just provoking you in any way that's generally negative? Most people in some form or another retaliate. And how would you like to be retaliated against something that you can't fight? Well, okay, so here's the thing. Now you have to discover how do you fight a ghost? This is my favorite topic that we've ever talked about. How do you fight a ghost? There's a couple theories I've seen around the internet. Um, one, you, you make vacuums. yourself a ghost. <laughs> vacuums. Vacuums no. is number one. You can make yourself a ghost, which I don't recommend, but apparently that works. 
um, maybe like spectral boxing gloves. Can boxing gloves die? Or can you have a ghost haunt boxing gloves and then you get to punch the ghost with the other ghost's fists? I can't see, confirm nah. nor deny that actually. Good, ah, see, now you got a, you got a question. Like, can I, can I use another ghost? What if there's like, you hire a ghost bouncer to come and bounce the ghosts out of your house? Is that a thing? I, I don't think that that's a thing, Yelda Napkin. Oh, I you don't. You try it. I mean, I don't, re- I don't generally recommend that you make any type of pact or agreement with ghosts. And I will get into the reason why later. But yeah, so to conclude, don't provoke ghosts. Don't don't be that classic person in the horror movie that's like, if you are here, show us your presence, give us a sign. Don't do that. Leave that to the professionals. That's what they do. But yeah, um, if you do acknowledge, if you do decide that you're going to interact with spirits, um, I suggest that you do it kind of in passing in a really um, respectful way or for the reasons of setting boundaries. So something that's really important is that a lot of experts believe that if you stand up to spirits that are starting to kind of like little growing toddlers who kind of want to see how far they can push their luck with you, if you stand your ground in a way that's not necessarily threatening, but if you're like, hey, I'm not okay with you doing this, stop, go away, that it's actually very effective in preventing hauntings from escalating beyond something that it needs to be. So this means if you find that particular spirit activity is beginning to scare you or push you in a way that's making you uncomfortable, you can firmly, I emphasize not aggressively, tell the spirit to stop. And unless it's something like a demon, most of the time ghosts will be like, whoa, whoa, okay. I didn't realize that this wasn't cool with you. I'm gonna go back to haunting my desk lamp now. Have a good day. This is what bothers me about this idea of, um, again, I'm all for, I I believe in ghosts, but my thing is if a ghost is actively, if it is a person um, Mm. and it still retains some sort of um, semblance of, you know, self or whatever, I shouldn't have to tell a ghost not to, you know, knock over the refrigerator every three days. It should Mm. know that. Yeah. You think it's funny to throw the pots and plans in the floor? Not really. Maybe, maybe if the ghost was looking for you know a pasta strainer to make some pasta if it would like write in blood on the wall i'm making pasta i could at least understand that yeah but for the most part you again this is what this is where kind of like the this the idea of all this really kind of starts to bug me is again if they if you're supposed to treat them like their people shouldn't they then act like people but this is the thing and i i don't think that that's an invalid point at all the difference between like being a perfectly cognizant human being and like being a spirit is that I believe genuinely that spirits can sometimes be limited, especially if you're thinking of a spirit that comes from a different time. Sometimes spirits aren't even fully aware that they're dead. So a lot of what they could be doing could just be like anybody else, like having an emotional outburst for an example, like you're upset. You don't understand why is this person, you know, in my house, Why are they doing this? Why aren't they acknowledging me? And again, I'm not justifying ghosts being jerks by any means, but that's, that's kind of the only counterpoint that I have to that. Okay. Fair. That, that, that is okay. If a ghost, if like, I could, I could understand if let's say 
Um, my pasta chef ghost doesn't know he's dead. And now he's trying to go about, or he or she is trying to go about their day, um, you know, making, making do with what they do. That's understandable. But again, I don't know if like, I just, <sighs> living in the same space, it's like, uh, it, it's, it's also very strange because in the sense of like, if they were like roommates, you can just tell them and hopefully they understand or you can kick yeah. them out. But unlike roommates, ghosts, uh, like they live there. That's their, that's their area. So mm -hmm. um, it's kind of funny when you think about it, because again, there's nothing you can really do about it. Yeah. Like aside from like getting them expunged. Yeah. Booga booga, get out of here. That's not going to really work. Well, I mean, that's arguable. If it is believed in the paranormal community that there are some mediums that can help spirits pass on, I tell people to, when you're looking into that option, to be very uh, skeptical because you don't want to get scammed. But some spiritual people, healers, if you will, can also do cleansings, like I think I mentioned before, which I will actually get into a little bit later about why you shouldn't try to do that yourself. But moving along, um, Smoke the house out with sage. Yeah, exactly. But um, do not use, I think I've mentioned this before, but don't use divination tools. Like if you're a regular person, you've never used these before, if you don't understand the culture behind them and how they work, uh, don't try to contact spirits with any divination type tool. So if you don't know what a divination tool is, they're basically spiritual tools that allow you to tap into the spirit world in some semblance or another. So this could be something like a Ouija board is the most common one that people are probably familiar with. Um, crystal balls, black mirrors, um, tarot cards, etc. So the theory behind this is that those who aren't knowledgeable or anyone who isn't prepared to use these tools, like with genuine like sincerity and seriousness, really can end up making themselves the target of a spirit or negative entities that they actually aren't trying to contact at all. This is especially more likely if you're, say, using a Ouija board without really taking it too seriously, or you're using tarot cards when you don't know how to actually properly use them and how to read the cards, or if you, you know, quote demons and negative entities and they just, they, they tend to target people. And it's just, it's generally not good. So this is especially true for people who, and this is not a slight against anybody who's interested in the paranormal who has mental health problems, because that's your girl too. But if you're in like not a good place, like mentally and emotionally, the last thing that you should be doing is connecting or trying to connect with anything through tool of divination because demons and really just not good things allegedly might be trying to like come for you basically because you're in a sort of weakened mental state and they could attach themselves to you and just try to do like not good stuff to you man so the next time someone tries to bust out a ouija board when you go over to their house take a pass and because you never know what's lurking around the other side and by other side i mean the world of spirits um you know stories horror stories anything like that usually when the Ouija board gets busted out, that's when things start going sideways. Mm -hmm. No, that's true. So maybe just don't ever bust it out. Yeah, I refuse to participate yeah. with Ouija boards or I don't even want to be in the same room if people are using them. I've always been like that. I just, I don't believe that it's a smart thing to do. Even if you don't believe in it, 
I don't believe in taking chances like that. It's just, it's, it's not necessary. It's not necessary no. for you. There are, there are either games that you can play. There's like Clue. Monopoly. There's Clue? Yeah, Clue. I don't, but, the thing is, you don't, you don't play a Ouija board. Like, that's the weird thing is like, it's not a board game. People treat it like it is. They sell Haunted it at Monopoly? Toys R Us. Is that what we're going to do next? I mean, that would be interesting. Can you imagine playing Monopoly with a ghost? What type of like, yeah, 20 bucks, buddy. And Ooh. also, imagine the money like floats up and over. Are they sore losers? You think ghosts are sore losers? I mean, it depends if they're a sore loser in life because they're just people, right? Yeah. They could they could be sore losers. They could be sore winners. I don't know if that's the thing, but I'm sure you understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, I understand. I, I'm with you. Yeah. So just because we were talking about objects that you probably should not use, this one's a little bit different. And I have kind of mixed feelings on this because anybody who knows me knows that I have all types of skull and kind of gothic or creepy memorabilia in my apartment. I don't know if you can see, but I have skeleton lights back there. But this is something that I actually ran into. I was watching, it was either a haunted documentary or some type of haunting show. But there are experts that suggest that if you already have a haunting, especially one that's negative, and this really lends itself to the idea that ghosts are energy. And not only that, but that um, the energy that you kind of put out into the world brings back the same type of energy that you output. So some paranormal experts actually suggest against having any dark decorations or materials that are maybe like occult in nature, including mm -hmm. weapons, gothic statues, books on dark topics, or the occult. So if you believe that you're being haunted, the theory behind this is that the space that you create and the energy that you create in that space with these decorative or materialistic objects are actually more likely to encourage paranormal activity. So just for an example, let's just say you have an entire bookcase filled with books on the occult, ghosts, parapsychology, the afterlife, and then you have like gargoyles hanging off your walls and ancient medieval swords. Apparently this can kind of bolster hauntings in your space because that's the energy that you're kind of facilitating now i have to, I have to say gargoyles supposed to keep bad dreams away exactly. that's what i was told as a kid is gargoyles supposed to help so if my gargoyle is attracting ghosts he better do his job yeah that's all i'm saying yeah but i'm not gonna necessarily disagree i personally believe that having a healthy sort of respect for all of these items or just having these items in general isn't necessarily going to cause hauntings. I can kind of see the argument that if you're already experiencing like negative hauntings and negative like things happening, okay, if you want to change your space up, I completely understand that. But I personally believe that it kind of matters more the person and their energy and where they kind of are at mentally and spiritually and within themselves than the stuff that you have in your house. So I'm going to kind of just take a neutral sort of, mm, I can see it, but I don't fully agree. But that's just because I'm completely biased. No, I think I have to agree with you there. Again, at the same point, I find that if you're already in a negative headspace, 
mm. uh, you will very it'll be very easy for you yourself it may not you may not even be haunted you may just put yourself in the mindset that you are yeah. If you're already down in the dumps and things are going poorly, again, it talks about like we get into like feng shui and how the, the energy of the room can really change how you view the room as well. Because again, if your room is all, you know, gargoyles, gothic swords and all this jazz, that's really cool. But mm. if it's not in a certain way that kind of like makes it so you can really enjoy it, it might cause some more issues. Again, yeah, mental health is such a big thing when it comes to like the, like the occult or like the paranormal, because again, our mind is one of the worst enemies we have because we will simply think of something maybe i saw this and i saw this face in the wall or i saw that thing in the closet how many times do i wake up and see the um you know the clothes on my chair and think it's a monster like this yeah. it's very easy for the like the brain to play these tricks on you yeah. so i can definitely see having kind of like a negative space and how it affects you even more so and it puts you into that mindset yeah 100 percent. like i agree with that like if these things actually bring you joy and happiness, the way that they bring me joy and happiness, I don't think that it's necessary, even if you're experiencing like um, like a haunted scenario for you to necessarily get rid of those things, if you want to, by all means. But yeah, I just, I included that one because I feel like it was something that we hadn't touched on before. So- No, we definitely haven't. Yeah, so I'm gonna read one more and then I think we're gonna do one of these quizzes that I have for us. Ooh. So I think that this kind of, I've definitely talked about this before, but absolutely do not try to exercise or cleanse spirits and demons from your own home if you aren't trained or knowledgeable on how to do so. Me and Alden have just, talked about sorry, saging just, before. Hmm? I have a question for you. I have yeah. a really big question. Okay. He's flying over my house. You might hear them. Can you jazzercise a ghost out of your house? I don't think so. So you can't exercise. But what if, what, hear me out, okay? I think jazzercising is pretty, it's pretty hard to be around. So do you think you could scare Nancy's out of your house if you just jazzercise constantly? I'm gonna probably say probably not. Ghosts. Would you want to be? I can pass through walls. I'm a ghost. If you're jazzercising in your living room, I'm just gonna go to another room. How are you gonna chase me? You can't friggin' see me. But what if I jazzercise like loudly? Like what if it's one of those like old like 80s jazzercise, maybe 60s jazzercise videos and you crank it, like the neighbors are taking part. See, would you want to be a ghost in a house if the person jazzercises 24 seven? They mean, sleep that's... for like two hour intervals every four hours and they jazzercise the rest. They're gonna be super fit and they're gonna be just. That sounds like more of a punishment for you than the ghost. Either way, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't want to be in that house. Yeah, probably not. But yeah, as I was, as I was saying, uh, me and Melvin have talked extensively about saging before, and it's commonly believed that by saging the four corners of your house, you can cleanse negative spirits from your home. And obviously, um, Indigenous people also use this like in their own practices to promote like well-being. So you completely threw me off with that whole jazzercise i know i'm thing. sorry i'm trying to i'm trying to bring it back here i'm really bad for that sometimes sorry jackie that's okay but you wouldn't try say driving something like a forklift if you didn't have a license right you probably wouldn't do that that's so you, you. <laughs> so you definitely shouldn't bust out a bible and start screeching demands at demons to get out of your house especially if you're not within the church maybe you're not like maybe you don't even believe in god that's probably not the best thing for anybody to do 
So that's why if you're experiencing something where you genuinely believe that you're in danger and you need spiritual help, you need to get help from people who actually know what they're doing. Painters paint, welders don't paint. Well, I mean, welders can paint, but you know, you understand what I'm trying to say. You have a license to paint now, Jackie? Come on. <laughs> What's next in your world? You don't want to know. Okay. More <laughs> jazzercising. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> But um, a big part of this is if you do cleansings or exorcisms or anything of the like improperly, you can make already dangerous hauntings a lot worse. Because what you effectively end up doing is show the spirit or demon or entity that you're trying to get rid of it. And then you do it wrong. And the demon's like, you just trying to friggin' evict me? How dare you? And you're going to make it worse for yourself. So just kind of the same sort of thing with the divination tools. Don't play with things if you don't understand like the cultural context or how they work or if you're not trained to do so. My next question for you. Oh no. What if there's ghost landlords? Can they evict the ghosts? I don't think that that's how it works. Can ghosts be evicted currently during COVID while the moratorium's on evictions? I don't I'm, I'm, I'm on I fire for these questions today, Jackie. You're not giving me satisfactory answers. Elvin, ghosts are yeah. dead, so COVID does not affect them in any way. Well, they're still way. living in the house. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Okay, so hear me out then. Do you do you believe in? So there's haunted houses. Are there mm. ghost houses? Like there's ghost ships. Like this this in our other ghost apartments. Like this opens up a whole new book of things that could or could not be. So we can keep going, Jackie, if you want. I, got I, would, all, I, got I, would, I would rather not. Fine. We're going to move on to a quiz now. Um, both of these quizzes are by BuzzFeed. And the first one that we're going to start with is actually from back in 2018 on October 31st. Of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. Um, and it's Could You Survive a Night in a Haunted House? And it is by Hannah Hanifa Ramen. Oh, frick, oh. I hate that gift. That gift always scares me. God, ah, my heart. Okay, well, wow, congratulations. You're one of the lucky few who made it out in one piece. You made all the right choices. Anyone would think you're a ghost hunter. You're clearly a genius mastermind who can outsmart any ghoul or spirit. I'm getting away from that gift. I don't like that at all. <laughs> Very mm. few things scare me about. Oh, I don't like that. Uh, are we doing the next one? Yeah, we're gonna do the next one. Then we'll finish up with some tips and stuff about skinwalkers and fairies, I think, because mm. I can't believe that we've already been doing this for almost an hour. Yeah, it's kind of, we just kept talking. It's, it's, it's an easy concept, I think. Yeah. Um, so let's just hop into it. Okay. Would you survive a haunting? Question mark. Can you survive a haunting? Or uh, would a French ghost, how do you say, say boo? That's kind of a bad joke. But anyways, this is probably Isabel. Isabel's cool. Isabel. Isabel's cool too. Sure. Okay. So Isabel, what we got? So we have, what is your ideal Friday night? We have go out for drinks, stay home with a good book, dancing at a nightclub, or sleeping? Uh, I mean, none Anything of these are necessarily work. what I would 
do. Like I don't go out for drinks personally. Uh, I don't personally enjoy the bar scene too, too much. Eldon knows this about me. He's seen me go to a bar one time. Um, I like books, but I'm not reading anything currently. I tend to tend to more like to write than I do read. Dan, I don't like clubs. I do like to sleep, but that's not how I'm going to be spending my entire night. I just because my options are limited, I'll just go with staying home with a book. Let's just assume I'm writing the book. Okay, okay. So you're writing the book. So how would your friends now describe you? Uh, funny, kind, smart, or talented? Jackie, I would say you are kind. That's what I was going to go with. That's typically the compliment that I get the most. I, I would say funny. that you're funny. Actually, no, I'd say you're smart because you actually it's are too really late, smart. too late, I clicked funny. Okay. But thank you. Um, so which ghost would be least scary to you? Creepy child, scary nun, a demon, it's not really a ghost, or someone you knew who passed? I find the ghost that would be the least scary would be the evil you know. So someone who's died is not going to be nearly as scary as someone who I don't know. Yeah, exactly. That's what I would go with. Mm -hmm. Pick your fave color. We have red, orange, black, blue, pink, or green. I'll go with blue. Black. That's uh, not really a color. It's a shade, but all right. Choose a weapon to ward off a vampire. Garlic, a cross, a wooden stake, or anything silver. Honestly, half of these. Now, hear me out, okay? Just this is on topic, I swear. A cross that is a wooden stake with it at the end. It's made of silver and it has and it's been dipped in garlic. Would that not be the like the ultimate that's, vampire? That's, killer, vampire that's the thing? ultimate. So I'm gonna go with a cross. I'm gonna go with silver. Uh, <laughs> describe your style. Oh geez. Preppy, goth, lazy, casual. I'm cat Jackie, you are not preppy. You're not goth. You're not lazy. I would say like business casual but it's just casual you're going casual mm -hmm. i'm going casual yeah um pick the place you're most afraid of an abandoned asylum a circus full of demented clowns i don't like the word demented because i'm not really sure what they mean by that a house that the last tenants were murdered in or a church where the crosses turn upside down at midnight oh. like a, a clock what if the clock was a cross and like at midnight it's upside down but then like 12 p.m it's right side up um i'm gonna go to abandoned asylum I will go with the church, but as soon as like crosses start flipping upside down, that is some nun type of nonsense. And you get out of there. Um, finally, do you believe in ghosts? Yes, only because I've had, so sorry, yes is the first answer, only because I've had paranormal experiences. The second answer, not really, never have, never will is the last one. I believe my, in ghosts. My opinions fluctuate as people know, but just because there is no kind of, I mostly believe, but I'm skeptical at the same time, I will just go with yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, damn, I survived again. Me too. Um, and apparently Simon Cowell is telling me, brilliant, well done. Yes, thank you, Simon. It's a no for me. I don't see again, like this thing, how does this help? Okay, I'm not going to get hypercritical. Thank you, Isabella. It was a good quiz. It actually gave us a relative answer and yeah. it wasn't terrible to do. Um, yeah. So Jackie and I would survive a haunting based on our favorite colors and our style. Exactly. Forget now, really quickly, I almost completely forgot about this. Um, uh, the next tip that I'm going to give really quickly about ghosts, and then I promise we'll move on, is to not disrespect or make a joke out of the resting place of the dead. And that very explicitly means going to places like graveyards late at night, and where you're shouting and trying to do summonings and just being overall disrespectful. 
So these places are intended to be peaceful, restful places. So it's not cool to go there trying to intentionally disturb or provoke spirits. Now, fun fact, there's a famous YouTuber. She goes by Graveyard Girl. She doesn't really do paranormal stuff anymore. She's mostly like an ad scene on TV personality tester type thing. Mm. But way back in the day, she used to take a lot of photos in cemeteries. And during one of these excursions, she actually believes that she took something home and began having really bad luck to where like really very terrifying stuff was happening to her. Now, the reason why I bring this up is because as I was doing this, like writing this script or reading it out loud, and I will insert a picture for you to see, I'm not gonna turn to show you. I mysteriously got three or four scratches on this shoulder that I don't know where they came from. I was literally sitting there on my couch, which is like a faux leather couch. There was nothing sharp. I was sitting there for a little over an hour. And yeah, literally me just talking about this out loud. Well, I wasn't talking about it. I was reading it. I ended up with mysterious wounds on my body. It's we're nothing. by the ghost raccoons. Ghost raccoons. I'm check last it. episode out. Check out the ghost raccoons. It's a thing. I you're going to give me an aneurysm. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. But um, you probably won't be able to see the picture on my phone, but I will actually insert the picture. But I will show Eldon so he knows that I'm, I'm dead serious. But literally, my phone is cracked, by the way. But yeah, I actually did have mysterious scratches that appeared from nowhere. And I do swear that I did not do that myself. You don't, you don't make those? The grasping hands of raccoons? <laughs> anyway, or as promised. fighting cats again. Not quite. As promised, I'm only going to briefly speak about skinwalkers in the Navajo belief system. And as I mentioned before, the reason why I say briefly is because all of the information I have is pretty much based on people who willingly shared their experiences and what cultural information I could somewhat confirm. The Navajo people keep a lot of their beliefs about skinwalkers to themselves to preserve their own culture. So if you're kind of out, not kind of, if you are outside of that culture, most of them will not talk to you about it. So if you notice that any of the information I have is incomplete, or if you think that it's vague, I do apologize. And it's not my intention to mean any offense to anybody who believes in any type of thing or is from any cultural background. So just really quickly, for those who don't know, skinwalkers are effectively like witches uh, and entities that were once medicine men, shaman who commit atrocities such as killing a family member, most often a sibling, to gain supernatural abilities. And the ability that they're most known for, but not limited to, is the ability to shapeshift into animals, among other things, such as other people. Now, shapeshifters live to serve themselves more than anything, and they may target other humans for reasons of greed, self-service, revenge, etc. Usually they do this by trying to lure a person into their grasp, though from my knowledge, it's not entirely known what happens if one catches you. I don't know if they kill you or if they try to make you into a skinwalker. That wasn't something I could fully like confirm. So skinwalkers, if sighted, can look like animals, but are most commonly said to have human-like eyes that are very distinct. And they very specifically will flash red if light hits their eyes. It's also said that if they return to their human form, their eyes instead will look more animal-like. 
so the three tips, I use the, that term very loosely for skinwalkers is to never look in their eyes because it's alleged that skinwalkers can take control of your mind if you make direct eye contact with them. Uh, don't follow the skinwalkers calls. And this is something that 100% comes from experiences that I've heard online. So according to people who believe that they've encountered a skinwalker, they often try to lure others out by imitating the voices of usually past victims, often calling for help. However, and this is strictly according to people's individual experiences, this isn't something that I necessarily confirmed. Um, according to these sources, something will always sound off about the way a skinwalker calls you. And they will typically repeat the same phrase, probably the last thing their victim said before they were before they died or were captured, and will be able to unable, sorry, to respond to you in any other way. So let's just say that the last thing that you say is help. A skinwalker can say help in that person's voice, but it'll sound a little weird. And if you shout, where are you? They're probably not going to respond to you in any other way than that last phrase. So it's also said that skinwalkers may take on the form of an animal and use this to try to cause serious car accidents by jumping in front of or blocking vehicles. Again, this is speculation based on people's personal experiences. This isn't anything that's confirmed. So as such, it's not suggested that you try to actually, like if you believe you see a skinwalker, don't try to hit it with your car. You could just end up causing a serious accident and hurting yourself and potential passengers. Also, it's better just to try to get away and you don't wanna make skinwalkers angry. But unfortunately, as I said, that is genuinely all I have, just because a lot of the other information was predominantly just experience-based. The few that I shared, I shared because I felt that they were common enough in people's experiences that they had some validity, or there was at least some cultural context to back them up. And to finish okay. us off, Elden Atkin, I will quickly share maybe two or three um, tips on what happens if you encounter the Fae. Now, for people who maybe don't know what we're talking about, Fae literally means just fairies. And there's a common misconception that fairies are just, you know, sweet little tiny woodland folk, Tinkerbell types of things, when in reality they are very ancient, very powerful beings that really, really don't like to be messed with. They are often like spiritual protectors, especially of nature. So it's quite easy for you to make a fairy mad, and sometimes their intentions just aren't always good. It doesn't mean that they're all bad, but generally speaking, it's just best for people to avoid them if they can. So this is from willowsnug.com, um, how to survive an encounter with the Fae. And the first tip is never eat any food that they give you. And it says eating their food will do two things. First, assuming that you're in the land of the Fae, eating their food will force you to stay Second, eating their food will make you no longer hunger for human food, which means you will both starve and not want chocolate. I don't know what that has to do any with anything. I like chocolate. So do I, but it's not the end of the world. So I'm not going to read all of these, but never give them your name. 
Um, names hold power. So if a fairy asks you for your name and you say it, you're giving them power and possibly complete control over you. The best thing to do in this situation is to give the fairy a made up name or your nickname. However, if you know their name and say it, they'll leave you alone. Which is, again, I, I really, so names have always been a powerful thing. Mm -hmm. um, in most mythologies, a name is the last line of defense you have against most things. Including um, demons. Yes. And I think it's, I think it's also very strange because again, like if you might think to yourself, you're at home and think, okay, how does a fairy, if I little, if a little like Tinkerbell flits up to me and talks to me, am I really going to talk to them? But in the idea of the Fae, they take many forms. Fae can be honestly anything um, from making the shape of a person to um, the black dog or the black horse um, or the black cat. These are all uh, known types of Fae um, transformations. Um, so these kinds of things usually, again, are pretty cool. But again, it's a harmless question though. Hey, what's your name? Um, uh, but if you ever uh, see me at a bar late at night, I never give you my real name. Yeah. <laughs> I give you a surname. <laughs> Exactly. Or I guess a middle name. Yeah. It's easy. Exactly. So two more. Um, never be rude to a fairy. And this just kind of goes back to what it was talking about with being respectful to spirits. Uh, being unhospitable and selfish are frowned upon among the fae. And it's very important to meet their standards. Punishments for not doing so range from being pricked with sharp weapons for spying to being given seven years of lameness for laziness to drowning in a bog for being a bully. So probably just don't do that. And this one is actually very important because Miss Megan Secord, a good friend of ours, had an experience where I believe she said she encountered an acorn that was put in like a perfect circle in a path. And she believed that it was a gift from the Fae. And you should never accept, gift, accept gifts from the Fae. Or rather be very careful with any gift that you're given. If you don't trust the fairy who gave you the gift, it's best to destroy it. I'm going to suggest that you don't. You might just make them mad. Just don't accept it. Just say thank you and leave it. Wait, what? This person is saying otherwise to never, ever say thank you for the gift. It implies that you owe them something. I don't fully agree with that because I've seen other sources that say you should say thank you, but no thank you. So I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm like, I don't fully agree with that. This is also my idea. In my um, experience, uh, like I feel like to play tricks. So sometimes the object they leave you is something that has that is yours. Yeah. <laughs> um, so again, it's very interesting because sometimes it's a, it's a borrowing system. Sometimes they take from you and they give you something back. Um, other times, you know, it's just a gift. And again, in in my experience, um, the Fae, they're tricksters, but not always malevolent. Mm -hmm. um, Again, we're we're in a country where the Fae don't have deep roots here. You know, we're not we're not in the Irish countryside or the Scottish countryside or you know um, England. So it's very interesting to to think about the Fae being here because again, um, they're not at home either. Like they've been here for as long as we have, technically. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, that's my with, tidbit. I I appreciate that. But with all of that said. That's the episode. Woo! So there yeah, again, are- I, I love these kind of episodes. Exactly. So th those are not all of my tips, but there are the major tips that I have for anyone who 
feels that they're having some type of spiritual encounter. Primarily, again, we wanted to focus on ghosts, but I wanted to break it up with a few other things in between just because, hey, maybe you might run into a skinwalker. Maybe you might run into a fairy. So this is, this is the information that you need to know. But anyway, uh, you can find this podcast by searching Riot Radio and you can find us on Anchor and I think various other places, I am pretty sure. You got it. So please make sure that you tune in next week. We will be talking about more spooky, interesting things. What that is, you'll just have to, you'll just have to be there to find out. We can't, we can't just spoon feed you everything. You got to have nope, some. You got to show up. You got to show you up. You got to be there. Got to be there for us. And we'll be there for you. So anyway, thank you so much for walking, <laughs> walking, walking, watching. Thanks for Your jazzercise nonsense. You ruined me like completely after that i was not okay sorry that's what i'm here for though like honestly i i again i i really enjoy the topics we talk about here and i love talking about it but you gotta have, like i like to throw in a little bit of fun occasionally well thank you for that elden atkin but we will have to save the fun for next time goodbye everybody goodbye <laughs>